Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today our people can see that we're faced with a government conspiracy. This government has failed us. The senators who are filibustering concerning your and my rights, that's the government. Don't say it, Southern senators. This is the government. This is a government filibuster. It's not a segregationist filibuster. It's a government filibuster. Any kind of activity that takes place on the All right, all right, we back, baby. True Colors Podcast again. Here we go, baby. Episode five. Let's do it. It's your boy D U D with his homie Cobb. What up, baby? What's up with it, man? Man, that man getting it in here, chilling. Shit, watching these finals, man. What's up with LeBron, man? I thought he was the king. No, man, he he ain't got it, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to build another another super team, and, you know, it ain't working out for him this time. They ain't got no answers for the Warriors right now, man. It's looking bad for him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's looking pretty dark for Cleveland right now, man. I'm sorry, but that's what happened when you skate in a sorry Eastern Conference. They think you're going to do the same skating when you play a team in the West. I mean, this would happen with OKC, um, San Antonio, pick your poison. It's just so happened that the Warriors made it to the top of that mountain. And now they're going to dominate Cleveland, you know. But what I don't like is that they quit. Cleveland quit within eight minutes of the fourth quarter. Tyron Lue being solid yeah, starter. They were like, down by almost 30. It don't matter. Eight minutes? It's 12 minutes in the quarter. Like, the quarter ain't even halfway over yet, bro. You got to at least try to go on a quick run or something. And then if they were staying the run, I just build you some momentum going towards game three, headed to, to the house. But they conceded so early. It's like wow. It's like I understand Kevin Love out with a concussion. You know you don't have all your guns, but you know somewhere the heart, the heart factor got to kick in. Man, it's some, it's something different, man. I'm telling you, man. When you playing a team that's kicking your ass by shooting, and I mean this ain't like no physical ability or nothing like that. This is I mean you putting your hand in their face, they still making all the shots. Curry shooting up like thirty footers, like that's that's just demoralizing to him, man. So I mean, they that's I think that's why they quit, man. I mean, you know, if they just out out, you know, they getting out coached and stuff like that, they can try to fight through that, you know, and try to fix some stuff on the fly. But right now, I mean, you got Draymond Green with thirty points, you got Steph Curry hitting everything, Clay Thompson come through whenever Steph Curry come out. I mean, that, it just wasn't that game. They just they just didn't have it. They didn't have a chance in game two, man. I hope they get swept <laughs> anyway, but they ain't have a chance. Yeah, but ah man, it's just like if even if you I'm not a Cleveland fan, I hope they get swept too. That'll be a lot more fun to, to just diss LeBron on because I can't stand him no how. But you got to think, man. It got to be some kind of way to beat this team. You know what I'm saying? Like. 
at least for a game or two. You know, we know they're not good enough to beat them in a seven-game series, but fact remains is you got to beat them. Win or go home. You know, win or lose the season. They got to take some of the responsibility off LeBron, send him to the post, put Channing Fry and Kevin Love in, have them space the floor out, and let LeBron do work. And then when a double team comes, he can kick it out to the shooters. But right now, him holding the ball at the top of the key, and he's not a shooter, it's no threat of him until he gets to about 10 to 12 of the basket. So they're not even worrying about that. So they, they got to start putting the ball in Kyrie's hands, send LeBron to the post, adjust the lineup a little bit, space the floor out. And I think you'll have a they have a better game plan. But, you know, they, he wanted Tyron Lue. Maybe Tyron Lue don't know that shit. If he don't, then he need to go. You know what I'm saying? Then he ain't got no contract no way. You know what I'm saying? He not officially signed yet. So I'm pretty sure they ain't give it. And GM or whoever, and I guess LeBron will have to sit down and talk about this because, I mean, you can't just sit here and say Golden State was is just much better than you if they do get swept or lose in five. You got to make a better effort. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to do, do some coaching. Coach. You got to do you something. You got to your butt off. He ain't got no excuses on this one. He ain't got no yeah. He got the coach he wanted. He got the roster he wanted. But like, I mean, That's it's, it's really on you, man. Yeah, it's like you got to put your head together. You got enough experience. Put your head together with the coach and and break this game down. You need to do that on the plane ride home, partner. So, but anyway, while we're talking about this false king, we need to say RIP to a real fallen king, Muhammad Ali, formerly known as, you know, used to be known as Cassius Clay, has passed away due to a respiratory illness. June 4th, 2016, man. We keep following, baby. Yeah, he he one of the realest dudes that we that we had that stood up for us, man. And I mean, yeah. of course, he had a real impact on on black people, but also just in the world in general. You know, I mean, just the guts he showed to to not go to the war when they was trying to, you know, put him in something that he he deemed wasn't his problem, and have him go kill people where he saw wasn't hit wasn't his enemy. Man, you know, I, I just got a lot of respect for Muhammad Ali and, you know, just best wishes to the family and RIP to that man. Exactly, man. Ali did so much stuff that they don't even talk about on TV and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I watched this clip. You can YouTube it if you want. Ali was in town doing a TikTok show or something. I forgot what city. But it was a dude finna jump off a roof. And Ali, you know what I'm saying, he was passing by like, what's all the commotion about? And Ali used his cachet to get upstairs when he talked to brother off the roof. Like, he went out there with him. Like, you could see it from the camera. Ali was on the roof with him. And he opened the door, window, or whatever. And he talked to dude off the roof, man. Yeah, I mean. Uh, like, he do stuff Think about like that, that now. We, we wouldn't have nobody that do that now. They'd be talking about, well, I can't. I won't go up there unless my bodyguard go up there with me. Or you got to pay me or something like that, man. We just ain't got nobody. It's good for our communities right now, man. And that's that's sad to see that we keep losing more and more of our of the elite brothers that we respected this year. It's been a rough year right now. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy, man, because this dude that he he sacrificed a whole lot while he was in his prime as a fighter because he didn't want to go to that war. And they knew it. They they gave him a lose lose situation. Either you go to this war in your prime and end up dying, or worse, 
losing losing your whole legacy. You know what I'm saying? Cause we probably wouldn't be talking about him right now, of course. Or we take your license away and you can't fight for years. And he passed up his prime and he stood by his principles. And people stood by him. That's the thing. You can't just stand alone. I mean, you can't stand alone, which is good. But it's even better when you got people that believe the same thing, which is they believe what's right and they got your back. You know what I'm saying? Cream, my dude, Jabbar, Jim Brown, they all stick together. You know what I'm saying? So if Ali needed some money or something, they would help him out because they still playing and competing and stuff. So they still getting money. Ali wasn't getting no money. And the Nation of Islam was kind of taking his money too. But earlier, that's another story. But when he was struggling, they, they, you know, he had his professional athlete brethren to help him too. You know what I'm saying? Because they believed in what he was fighting for. So that's something that we do not have, the unity with our athletes. You know what I'm saying? They don't even stick by each other. For the most part, the only thing they stick by each other for is to, they're not even doing that no more. They used to just be, don't don't tell my wife if you catch me cheating or some petty shit. Now, you know, they yeah. ain't even doing that no more. They snitching on each other now. So these young kids don't understand what it's like to, to have that loyalty and stand for something, you know, which is sad, you know. That's why hopefully we can reach as many people as we can to not preach but teach that, we are, we have. These people do not care about us. We have to stick together. Do not think that money is going to last that they're offering you because it's not. If you believe in something and you know it's right, and you know it's right, people will stand by you. But they got to see that you mean what you say and say what you mean. And it'll catch on. Yeah. Just give it time. But, um, which, that's, that's a lot of the problem that we got with, with our leaders now. We got a lot of people. That talk, and you know, we already been seen the actions is not valid. So, you know, when when they try to get us to organize and get us to do stuff like we've already seen what you about, most of them is about the fame and the spotlight for themselves. Like Al Sharpton, you know, he I heard when I think it was when I want to say maybe the Trayvon Martin uh, incident happened, and they was marching and he's selling he's selling uh, like tickets. To march by him, so you can get some camera time. Like who who does this? This this is a person that we supposed to respect. Like we don't respect that man. We don't respect that man. We need we need new younger, actual black alpha males who's willing to die for a cause and what they believe in. Now that that's not saying that you should, you know, die for a cause. I mean that you should you know just die or anything like that. But you got to understand. Whenever you are the leader of a black a black cause, it's not gonna be an easy fight. It's not gonna be anything that that you're gonna, you know, just walk in and out of. You're putting your life on the line for your people. And I mean I, I, I preach unity every day, you know, on social media, whenever I talk to people as much as I can, I preach unity within our people. And until we exactly. we we start we start getting that under control, like we're gonna have a we're gonna have a hard time. Right, right. Yeah, man, just that unity counts, man. Like, that unity that unity counts for everything, you know, because you don't need money. You don't need resources just to, just to stay strong with each other. I mean, you have to find some common ground, and that common ground is to understand that this enemy that we're facing does not care about us. That should be what the unity is based on. Once we understand that, and once people are aware of this, 
it would be a lot easier for us to understand that we are not our enemy. No, that's the thing. They get us brainwashed with all this stuff and throw that, that false money at us, a.k.a. the false god, and barely give us some. So when somebody else might have some, it triggers off a, a domino effect of jealousy and hatred all the way going back to slavery. Where if one slave was treated better than the others, you know, it would it would start jealousy and promotion amongst the slaves and take their minds off who the real enemy was. And it's the same thing now. You know, we are not the enemies. Even though common sense is like if you killing you kill whoever close to you, but you killing people who got just as less as you, you know? You're not getting nothing out of it. You know, nothing. You're only helping them. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go to jail, when you go to jail, you become a slave to society, cheap labor for the rest of your life. They win, and there's one other less brother that they got to worry about. Put, you know, just realize that. As soon as you realize that and wake up, we can unify. You know, we can. Yeah, that's a that's a falsehood they've been putting out here. I've been hearing a lot more of that like the last two or three years, this whole black-on-black crime. You know, you always heard it sprinkled in conversations here and there over the years, but it seems like now these last these last couple of years, you just been hearing so much more of it, and you're like, that's just the reality of the situation. What you said is people gonna kill whoever in their environment. So yes, black right. black on black violence is high, but also white on white crime is high. It's not exactly. it's not like some huge some huge difference. You know, it's just. The, the mainstream media puts that out there to try to put this violent perception of black people all through the airwaves and people don't do their research to, to you know, contradict it. I mean, it's just the bottom line. You kill whoever's in your vicinity. We all like to stay close to people who we can relate to, so therefore you're going to kill more blacks if you're black. You're going to kill more whites if you're white, so on and so forth. So that's, that's, that's the falsehood that they've just been putting out here a lot more over the last two or three years. Exactly. And I mean, it's just, I think the worst invention, I'm just sitting here thinking about this listening to you, the worst invention to mankind is the most unnecessary, the most unnecessary invention ever is the gun. I mean, it's just absolutely unnecessary. I mean, people have been fighting since the beginning of time, of course, animals, humans, but when you put this weapon in it, it changes. It gives the weaker person who doesn't deserve to win an advantage, a deadly advantage that you can't come back from. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I got this theory by watching Roots. It's like they use guns, like Europeans use guns as collateral to give to the the other Africans to get African slaves for them because Europeans, of course, they don't have gold and diamonds and all the natural resources that Africa have to give up, so they got to use their guns and poison and poison our continent. You know what I'm saying? So, But if you take away them guns... You send them white boys over here with rocks and spears, they're going to get ran off the continent and off the face of the earth eventually. So you take away the guns, the world is at a much different place. We run the world. Black people take back our world, and we repopulate the world with people of color. You know, the white get wiped out in 100 years without guns. If you take away all the guns right now, white people will get wiped off the face of the earth in 100 years, period. And I And I stand by that. You know, that's why they invented it. You know what I'm saying? They had to. You know, they stole the recipe from gunpowder from the Chinese, which they only use for fireworks. 
and then they created a weapon of mass destruction, which gave them an edge that the world wasn't ready for, and they dominated society early, which is why we are basically, everyone is where they are right now, period. You know, yeah, you, can, you can say anything you want, but if you watch Roots, it's like that's pretty much the common denominator. You know, why didn't they fight? Why didn't they do this? They had guns. Well, they they had a couple guns. They took their guns. They had more guns. They had cannons. They had artillery. You know what I'm saying? They had more advanced weaponry. You take away that advanced weaponry, they don't stand a chance. So, because we are my whole thing people. on speaking on that, like you know, with the whole Second Amendment thing, you know, everybody wanna they love bringing up the Constitution. First of all, you know, the Constitution only works for Caucasian. Whenever they wanted to, you know, I didn't hear a lot of people complaining about the Second oh. Amendment when they was trying to take the guns away from the Black Panthers. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't buy into that whole, oh, it's, it's in the Constitution, it's all right, and everything like that. But I really agree with what you, what you're saying here. And I own guns myself. I think I want to say I got like four guns. My, I've probably only shot my gun maybe a couple times, two or three times, but all my guns stay in the house. I don't see any reason other than protecting your family when someone enters your domain, your residence, to where you would need a gun. Exactly. The whole reason the whole reason why they got them is exactly for what you said, intimidation. And even if we are a law-abiding citizen, law-abiding citizen with uh, a gun, then we're still going to be looked at as a criminal. Mm-hmm. That's why the first thing, when you get hostile with a police officer, first thing they go to is they grab that hip. Because just like mm-hmm. you watch slaves masters and roots, the first thing they do when they start trying to antagonize a slave, the first thing they do is they grab that hip. They know if wasn't nothing on that hip, they be pussyfooting around just like the biggest punk around here. They know it. It's common sense. Like, you you nothing without that gun. Like, I don't care how much authority they give you. Like, you nothing without that gun. You know what I'm saying? Look at the U. The United Kingdom, the UK, look at the crime rate over there. I mean, they have crime, but guns are outlawed. Not even the police have guns. You know what I mean? So, and it's very low gun crime. I mean, it's no, pretty much no gun crime over there. But crime is extremely low. Even drug trafficking is extremely low compared to the U.S. Even though they still do have it. So I always go pee, be those apples in the bunch. But, you know, you take away those guns. They know. They keep saying, Second Amendment. It's the Second Amendment. You're not going to take my gun. No, because you know if we want to, we can come in your house and beat your butt. That's why. Which we're not going to do because we better people than them, in my opinion, personally. Because we don't want nothing they got. Because yeah. whatever they got, we can get on our own. So. And the Second Amendment, yeah. you know, that that was made when they had muskets, this type of stuff. They yeah. didn't have assault rifles that could spit out 100 bullets. You know, so exactly. I mean, all that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's another falsehood too, man. I mean, they just be—they—they they know exactly what you're saying. I mean, deep down, you know, they don't—they don't want to say it because you know, as a man to another man, they don't want to admit like, hey, I'm scared as shit of you, and I know you could probably beat my ass. Like that's, exactly. that's just what it is. So I mean, they—they—they they, they use this whole Second Amendment and this whole gun thing to to kind of you know keep some type of intimidating factor over over minorities, African-Americans, Latinos, or whoever else. Like, they are a weak species. They they talk so big and bad, yet they can't stay in the sun for an hour without complaining how much it hurts. So, I mean, I, I don't, I just don't, 
I just don't put up with that, man. Exactly, man. And they give us guns, like in Chicago and stuff like that. They give us guns in our community. They don't even sell them no more. They drop them off for free in L.A. They leave guns. They leave train cars wide open available with guns for people to come take in black neighborhoods. Just Memorial, just this past Memorial Day weekend, 64 people were shot and six died in Chicago alone. You know, I was reading these stories of these few stories about p- people who got shot. They random people with random good jobs. You know, what I'm saying this lady, she got two kids. She's a nurse. She got off work. She had a nightgown on, sitting on her bed watching TV. And then she heard a boom, and then another boom, and then boom, the third boom. She tried to move, but it was too late. She got hit in her back, and there was blood gushing everywhere. And then this one lady got shot. This 54 year old lady. She's sitting on the porch. She's sitting on the porch and she got shot. It's like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. You know? And then yeah, people that's... driving in their cars. People driving in their cars and they getting shot through the cars just driving. Like, really? Are you serious? Yeah, you know, accountability, a big thing I, I like to also preach about, too. So, so yeah, they, they are... Probably, I'm pretty sure the government has something to do with the weaponry that's found in in those type of areas, okay? But at the same time, like, we got brothers out here with no leadership, no guidance, no jobs, no education. They shut down schools in those those type of environments. You still have to have enough sense to not do those type of things. And that's where brothers like me and you and all the other brothers out here that's older, you have to find a way to get to those to those type of people, man, and, and let them know it's another way. Because once again, like they don't see anything out here. They they all all they really know is about a fast life and the rappers that they hear doing it. Rappers might come out the hood and get a little bit of money here and there, but when you have nothing, then that's enticing to you, and you think that's the way it gotta be. And we don't have brothers and sisters, or enough of them, willing to be like that's not what you have to do. Like this is what they want like this whole the whole Chicago thing like if, just think about it, if something like that happened once again in like Beverly Hills or something it would have stopped within maybe a couple of weeks they would have shut it down like they don't mind black people killing black people they don't want us alive anyway they don't want to share anything with us anyway so the more black people out here killing each other praise that they love that they don't care so that's why we got to step in we got to intervene which is another reason why I put a lot of onus on the entertainment business and the rappers that these kids listen to. Because it'll, it'll probably only really take maybe some of their biggest influences to come down there and and talk to the kids about not doing that type of stuff. But they don't see that. Yeah, man. They, the goal is, the ultimate goal is to get the murder rate higher than the population rate, you know. If they averaging 10,000 babies a year, they want to get the murder rate up to over 10,000 babies a year. You know what I'm saying? That's the goal. Once they get the goal up to that, they go crank it up and wipe out everybody. And what's going to happen? White folks go come back. They just wiping us all out. And then once Chicago is wiped out, 
They're going to go somewhere else. I mean, it's happening in other places right now. It's just that because it's happening in New York and L.A., it's just that it's happening so it's happening even more in Chicago, and Chicago got even less people. There's only 2.7 million people in Chicago, you know what I'm saying, and this is happening so frequently. It's not like it's spread out. It's happening in bunches, you know, and it's happening in just a matter of weekends and summers. It's not happening year-round. It's just happening in clumps. You know what I'm saying? It's happening throughout the year, but it's mass murdering and killing and shooting in bunches. You know what I'm saying? Holiday weekends and summer months is horrible. It's horrendous. You can't enjoy yourself. You can't enjoy. You can't live. All you can do is survive or try to survive. There's no such thing as so, living in the south and west side of Chicago. It's only survival. That's so I got it. a question for you. I got a question for you. You know, we talked about this. I think on last week's episode when I was saying I think we had different viewpoints on it when I was saying um, we don't know, and I think you said, you know, most people do know. So just about – because I think when we say a lot of this stuff, especially when we put emphasis on, like, maybe the, the government dropping guns off there or the closing schools <laughs> to kind of, you know, make us pretty much ride against each other's, like – do you think people believe that the government would do that? Like, do you believe that other people believe like they the government would go that far to to disturb black people or to you know I, I guess you know get us to kill off our race or do whatever? My answer is, of course they would. I know you know, think that, but I'm saying, do you think other people, uh, like a majority of of the listeners or just people you meet randomly? Because if they don't believe that part, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that would until you can get them to believe the type of government and the history and the things they do under the table that me and you might know about. Then I, I you know, when you when we say a lot of this stuff, a lot of people may just be like, oh, that's that's full of, that's full of, it. because they haven't done the history or the research of it. So that's what I'm saying. Do you do you believe most people think that the government would do these type of things? Well. Basically, you're saying, do they understand how deep the rabbit hole goes, Neo? <laughs> and a yeah. lot of them don't. A lot of them don't know that yet. But that's why that's why they got Two Colors Podcast and a lot of other po- shows out there that's slowly growing in popularity, you know what I'm saying, just like us. And hopefully we'll be here for years to come and we get a bigger following so we can continue to teach and, and understand that there's another side to this world that has a think tank designed to specifically hold you back through small ways that turn into big ways. You know, they're putting stuff, people don't want to realize, they are putting stuff in your food. They are putting stuff in your air. They are poisoning your water. It is happening right now. Like, you are eating poison. You eat poison every day. It's the harsh reality, but you drink your poison. You drink your poison every day. You breathe in poison. You breathe in poison every day. When you go get your prescription from the doctor's office, those are chemicals they, they concocting in a, a laboratory that's not meant for your body, you know. There's nothing on God's green earth that can't fix you that was caused by, that wasn't caused by God's green earth, okay. No chemicals can fix a natural ailment, you know. There's no such thing. Nature, nature does not cause a problem without, without creating a solution. Okay, everything you need is made by God. That's why I'm for smoking weed. Like, I don't smoke it myself, personally, but I do condone smoking weed. I don't condone it. 
when you throwing your life away deliberately just to or spending your last money to get high when you when you get addicted to it and it gets kind of sad because it can rob you of your ambition if you do it too much. But if you do it responsibly, you know, sometimes for enjoyment, sometimes to keep your blood pressure down, you know, to keep the assets in your body down because it does do that too, you know, I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for smoking marijuana. You know what I'm saying? Just don't overdo it. Too much of anything is bad. You know, a lot of people don't get that, though. They just fry their brain and think they're doing something. No, you just you still have to handle your business as an adult. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not for kids smoking weed. Wait till you get 18. You know, I'm not promoting kids doing it. Once you get 18 and you can make your own decisions, then, hey, but just be responsible with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, I encourage that. But all the medicine, the Tylenol, the chemicals, and all that stuff you get over the counter, it's garbage. You know, you making people rich who don't care about you. They just selling you dreams. Nope. Now, we got we got the topic of the day coming up. What is white privilege, and why do white people continue to not acknowledge its presence in today's society? But before we get into that, coming back from the break, we got song of the week. Hit them off with the song of the week, Kyle. All right, this week we got a song from Tim Teasy, and you can find them on Twitter at Tim Teasy World. This song is called Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Yeah. You know, I just been having a lot of shit on my mind. We living in a world where race is still an issue. Poverty is still an issue. Politicians, they don't care. Some of us don't even care. Yeah. And but this is supposed to be the land that are free. Yeah. R.I.P. Mike Over Brown. Trayvon Martin. <laughs> uh, yo. Uh, my hands up, don't shoot, I'm only 19 One wrong fox move and it's a crime scene Hangry officer, he done had a long week He'll shoot me now and go to sleep and he won't miss a Z Why? Cause my pigment Why? Cause I'm original High male black, so already I'm a criminal Never text back, every message be subliminal But who you kidding, fool, I've been the truth They got my people out here slaving My family out here struggling My brother doing time shit Cause all he know is hustling, he was shot nine times and his body lay waiting while Mr. Darren Wilson get a paid vacation. Damn, whatever happened to the freedom? All we know is money and the lies that we believe in. But I'm just trying to rise and live a life that I've been dreaming. So please don't be surprised when it's the odds against the evens. Huh. In politics, they can kiss my ass. Far as I'm concerned, all they know is getting cash. Incarcerating anybody just to get a check. What happened to they fucking moral and they self-respect? Damn, they kind of lost me when they killed Trayvon. It could have been your brother, granny, or a single mom. Working on the vibe, trying to make sure that your fam up. They were shooting kids in the head with their hands up. Tanks rolling down the street just to keep in mind. Rifle pointed at your teeth when you speak your mind. Like we supposed to keep the peace when we lose another. But if a brother kill a brother, then he doing time. They took my people off the chains and put them in the projects. Now it's man eat man and they all mobbing. Convicted felons on the record, they can't make a profit. It's either die or go to jail. They ain't got an option. Fuck a statistic shit cause I feel I'm more optimistic. And 
And politicians, they don't listen, they just make decisions And make it hard to make a living, make it hard to prosper And CNN reading lies off the teleprompter Man, this world's so cold Filled with dirty money, filled with lots of dirty souls Filled with lots of people who can't seem to get their act right But our president is black, right? Huh, man so why you falling down your iPhone? Zoned out, you don't realize that your mind gone. They got you living an illusion, Mike Brown the movement. I would put my hands up, but they probably shoot me. Huh. And all we looking for is justice. Only beneficial to the system when we trust them. It's hard to trust the system when the system is a suspect. They can't cuff a man for murder, but a cuff him for some substance. Huh. Nigga, please, tell them they can suck my motherfucking triple D's. Cause I would rather die on my feet than on my knees. Every Gardner, Trayvon, Mike Brown, rest in peace. Peace, baby. Aight, aight, song of the week, baby, Tim Teaser. What up, Cobb? Yeah, what's up with it, man? I like that. I like that. Yeah, shout out Tim T. Yeah, like Hot joint. Hot joint. Oh man. Alright. Today we about to get in what is white privilege and why Caucasians refuse to acknowledge its existence. Okay. Now, white privilege what we're talking about is a term for societal privileges that benefit people identified as white in Western countries, a.k.a. America, beyond what is commonly experienced by non-white people, black people, brown people, under the same social, political, or economic circumstances. Now, the evidence is in the pudding statistically that 19, like over 19% of uh, more like uh, 19% of, uh, I'm sorry, nine, 19 times more likely black people and brown people are more likely to live in impoverished areas and go to jail and die in jail. Now, is that a coincidence? I, I don't think so. I think white privilege exists every day in our society, whether, whether big or small, whether it's deciding who gets the job opportunity, whether it's who gets that house, whether it's who who comes in first, as long as it's based, chosen by the masses. That's why black people dominate in such obvious things like sports or, or music or talent-wise. I'm not saying that that's all we can do because it's not true. We can do everything better than them, in my opinion. So I think white privilege is necessarily concocted by white people to get themselves a slight advantage over us because without it, we basically take over the world. You take away white privilege along with the guns, and once again, white people turn brown in the next 100 years, and we run the world. That's my theory on it. What you got? I know. My theory on uh, white privilege is, you know, and something that a lot of people don't want to admit and as well and kind of what I I come what I come up with is a lot of, of the way I think and the answers that I come up with everything always kind of relates back to slavery and like all our money a lot of it goes back to slavery our attitudes the way we think of stuff 
how we act in certain situations, how we act throughout most of our day. A lot of that stuff comes back to slavery. So what it is to me is, you know, of, of course we've been slaves, treated that way throughout this whole time. This whole America is really set up on the way white America Caucasians behave in every situation. So it's no, it's no, I guess you could say sector in life that the rules was not set up for a Caucasian. They didn't set up rules for us. When they set up the government, it was set up for Caucasians. When they set up, you know, they set up jobs, they set up for Caucasians. So the system that a lot of us have to operate throughout our day was never meant for us. So that's why when we go to jobs and we have to answer these questions, once we go in the door, they want to know exactly, are you going to conform to my train of thought? That's what it's all about. It's about the way you're mentally going to treat them. If you don't treat them with the respect like they think they deserve just for just because they are white, then you're pretty much out of out of out of the job anyway. That's why a lot of the times the more you go up throughout income, the less minority people that that you see because the level that you have to conform to gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And as black black males, it's just hard for us to relate to that system. And I I think when we when we start talking about white privilege, I mean it's just core of America. America was birthed on white privilege. America will die right. with white privilege. Right. So I mean that's why it's so hard for us to change it because you have to change change laws that that wasn't made for us, and they don't see it like that. They see it as America is all great and America is all good, and if you just follow it this way, this idea ideology and you'll be fine which is a white man's way of thinking like we don't think that way we don't do the things they want to do right so i think that's the that's that's a lot of the the whole the way i look at the situation yeah and it's it's due to a lot of brainwashing you know people i think once again i, I hate to keep sounding like a broken record but started with intimidation you know, America was born through intimidation. You know, they stole the land from the, the Indians, the natives, and they how did they do it? They did it with their guns. They did it with their their lack of respect for anybody who didn't look like them. You know, they basically deboed their way into America and and just established this these laws and these rules out of nowhere because they had these guns. Because they had these these advanced weaponry, because they had, you know, excuse my language, two cocks in their pants, you know, one in their waist and one in their between their legs, you know, they had that sense of, you know, cockiness, you know, you can't tell me anything because I'm white and I have this gun, and we'll kill you from thirty feet away without having to actually touch you, you know, they had that, you know, they like a gang. Pretty much way back in the 1400s. So, yeah, let's, you know, let's talk some, just some numbers out here, right? So, 58% of poor white kids end up in the top three income bracket, while only 20% of black children will end up at the mid level. So, that means even if you're poor and your mom and dad struggle, 
you have a 58% chance of still making a better life for you and your family. So well, when you're black, it's only a 20% chance that you will even reach the mid-level. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you look at, at numbers like that, that's that's telling you in your face, like it's a, it's a lot of minorities out here. It's a lot of black people out here. You can't tell us that our work ethic is that much different than theirs, but we built the whole damn country. And ever since so, start working for free, they want to call us lazy. A lot of it is just the rules and the guidelines that that will stop us from succeeding. Like you literally have to become a whole different person if you want to succeed. To where white people don't have to do that. White people are comfortable, you know, wearing the Wranglers and driving the Tundras and you know being all <laughs> all all super nice with with their bosses and kissing ass to people that, you know, they believe they may be smarter than. To what else, we, we, we just have something in us, which is what I believe is we we demand respect where respect should be given. We give you respect, we want respect. But they don't look at it like that. They still have some type of viewing as they're white, they have the right over us, and we should respect them at all costs. And I, I mean that's that's where it gets harder for us to operate. I mean if you look at the housing market, they have a better chance of getting getting loans than us. They got a better chance of getting job callbacks than us. They're more likely to get into colleges than us. Blacks get arrested more for marijuana when overall black people use less marijuana than Caucasians. Yeah. No, so, I mean this is letting you know who they they targeting us. To, to do these type of things, man. Like, it's just, it's very upsetting. Yeah, let me tell you this story real quick about this lady, this black lady. I forgot, I think her name was Tiffany Warren or something like that. Okay, she was trying, she had education, college graduate, um, experience, everything you could think of to get the jobs that she was applying for. She was well within right to get the job that she was applying for. Now, she submitted her resume She's been submitting resumes for months. Been submitting resumes for months. No callback, not one. Now, she, so she decides she changes her name and her email and submit the resume, the exact same resume, and she changed her race as a white to a white woman, okay? And she submits this resume. And within the next few days, she gets over 10 callbacks. Like, it's crazy. It's like... Stuff like this is pretty much a clear slap in the face about white privilege, you know? Like, they didn't call her back because she changed her email. They didn't call her back because she changed her name. They called her back because she changed her race to white. Like, it's obvious. Like, what? I mean, I've never seen a company discriminate you because of your email or your name. I mean, she didn't have a ghetto quote-unquote name. So, I mean, that couldn't have been it either. So it's obvious that these people do not do not care about your qualifications. They care about do you look like us? Do I have to come to work every day for eight to twelve hours a day and look at you and have to worry about you one day turning into the person who you truly are and exposing how you truly feel about us at this workforce? No, I don't want to go through that. So I'm gonna call somebody that looks like me. Well, I'm less likely to have to worry about that eight to twelve hours a day. You know what I mean? That's how they think. 
They don't want to be. Yeah, no. They don't want to be. They don't want to be in the office with us. Suddenly, not two men or a man, a black man or a black man, that with a deep voice that's looking down on them, that's tall or bigger than them, you know, demanding their respect in the office every single day, you know, doing their job just as good if not better than them. They want to get. They'd rather get one of our sisters if necessary to make themselves continue to feel more dominant. I'm talking from a white collar job perspective. You know, that's how they think. So, you know. So they check this out, iron. man. Like this, this is what I just got from that. You know, when you going back to the lady with the resume. So when you have your child, when you have your your kid or whatever, your child is born, you're in the hospital. You know, with your wife, and you're looking down on your kid, and you you got a name in your head. Instead of you naming your child whatever you want to name them, then you're supposed to stop and think. Well. 18, 19 years down the line, how would a Caucasian person look at this name on a resume? And I've, I've, I've actually had, you know, like some of my black coworkers tell me they, they did these type of things. Like, you know, they gave their child a more Caucasian name so they don't have a problem getting jobs in the future. And, I mean, you know, that's, that's fine, you know, to each his own and everything like that, but that's just letting you know the type of – that we have to have is just – Black people, you know, we can't even enjoy having the birth of your son or daughter because you have to think 18, 19 years down the line about them getting a job. It has nothing to do with if they go to school, nothing to do with if they ever been in the trouble. For them to even get an interview, their name have to be more Caucasian. So if they have to have a Caucasian name just for an interview without them being seen or anything, just imagine what we have to go through during life. Like that's 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 a complicated issue. That's just, I, it just don't make any sense to me. And we exactly. Got, we got Caucasians out here that just don't want to admit it. And the reason, you know, the reason why I think they don't want to admit it is because they they feel like that if they admit it, then we're taking away any accomplishment that they had in their life, like we're saying that you didn't work hard or, you know, you don't deserve this, which in reality, we're we're not really saying that all the way. We're saying that you are, you're capable of getting more opportunities than we are. All we really want, we don't ever really, we shouldn't fight for anything except for the opportunity. If we can get a fair opportunity, that's all we're looking for. But there's so many things that come into play before you're even able to get into someone's face that we'll never be able to get that opportunity. Exactly. Even if you got a white name, okay, what college did you go to? Did you go to a white college or did you go to an HBCU? You went to an HBCU? No. If you went to this white college, yes. So, I mean, it's just a, it's, it's just a real unfortunate situation. And, I mean, white people are just, I want to say they're somewhat blind to the fact not all of them, but some of them are just blind to the fact of how much stress that black people actually go through having to maneuver maneuver through this system. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's like for every step they take, we got to take five and a half steps just to get to that one step, you know? And it's like we can't afford to fall. If we fall once, even though we want to get up, we might not even be able to get back up. We might have to do a whole other route just because we fell from that one step. It's like ridiculous. It's and they refuse to admit it, you know? And they're saying play by the rules. You got to play by the rules. Like, we trying to play by the rules, but y'all got these rules. 
designed specifically for your people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, no, we're not making this up off the top of our head. It's like the odds for most African Americans in this country are stacked against them as soon as they're born. You know? Like they're born into families who don't have a lot of money, who don't have a lot of resources. That's the thing, you know. It's one thing to not have money. You know, you cannot have money and have your bills paid, but if you don't have the resources necessarily, educational resources, um, educational, um, academic, athletic, you know, it, it all goes hand in hand. I mean, they say black people are the best best athletes. I mean, I look at these white athletes, they're getting first-class treatment. You know what I'm saying? Most of them, they go to gyms, they go to these these high-end trainers and stuff like that, as opposed to a lot of kids, the best athletes, they come straight out the neighborhood. You know, they don't have, they play outside with holes in their shoes. You know what I'm saying? They don't even have good, for us to be such good athletes, we don't even have the best athletic resources growing up. So you can't even say that. You know, they, they won't even give us that because they know if we get these resources, or even half the resource, or even half as much resources, have more than we have now. Not even a hundred percent. Then we would excel past them, for the most part. In my opinion, you give us, and you know, you design grants. You design grants specifically targeting African American high schools for college or, or scholarships to send us to Harvard, to send us to Yale, to send us to Princeton, to send us to Brown University or Ivy League. I know they got them, but I mean more. You know, you cut the check for more money to specific school districts who are dominantly black and brown and give us an opportunity to get that money, and you'll see how many of these kids coming up will get that money and will go off to these schools and excel. But to leave, to go to a school out of state, once again, they make these rules up. It's like a ten thousand or twenty thousand dollar tax just to go to a school out of the state that you live in. I mean, come on, man! Like, who does that? You should be able to go to any college you want to, which you are technically, but you have to pay more of their money to people who don't need it just to go to school, and just because you're going a few miles outside of your state. Like that's silly, man! Like these are the rules that we got against. Like from for somebody from Texas. To go to Harvard is gonna cost twenty thousand dollars more than, as opposed to who's more qualified for somebody from my neighborhood, as opposed to a white kid who already lives in that state that's less qualified, but he can go there because it's cheaper for him. Even though he meets the requirements, he's smart, but he can go there. And then once he graduates from Harvard, you know, and they went to Texas Tech or Texas A&M, which are great schools, by the way. But white folks see that Harvard on the application, for example, and guess who gets the job? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, it's, it's just systematically set up for people of color, and sometimes even pretty much everybody in circumstances to not get a first shake. And that's pretty much what white privilege is. You know what I'm saying? They make white privileges rules designed by white people to give themselves the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's reverse for affirmative action, but it never goes away. You know, it's never spoken about, though. You know, they deny it. They refuse. Oh, I worked hard. I did this. You know, it's like you said, we're not trying to take anything away from the white people that work hard and try. You know, my hat goes off to you. But just like, in my solution. 
Eminem works hard Mark. too at his music. We all know he gets a slight edge because the lack of melanin in his skin. I'm sorry, and I'm a fan of him. But we all know he got that extra boost, the white privilege, despite his talent. You know, that's white privilege. So, hey, what's your solution, man? Yeah, my my solution about it is is like, you know, every every week we do this show, you know, we I, I, I always like to say, you know, you can operate through anything if, as long as you got the knowledge, right? So, right. The whole the whole thing that I'm saying is I understand that that it exists. You understand it exists. My goal when we do this when we do our podcast is to get more of our black people to understand that it exists, right? So. Once you have the awareness and the knowledge that it exists, then what are you going to do? What we need to do, of course, because I, I know if I was the owner, the way I'm feeling right now and the, the, the knowledge that I have obtained and researching and just going through life in general, if I own a business, I'm going to make my business mostly black people. For them to say, okay, I'm going to make my business mostly white people. Once again, I'm not even faulting them for that. I'm just saying accept the fact that that's happening and don't act like that it's non-existent, right? So for Caucasians, right. all I want them to say is, yeah, we doing this shit. We know we we doing it. It is what it is. Okay, so that's fine. So black people, what we need to do, once again, is open our own business. When we open our own business, then we'll be able to do the same thing. We'll be able to have trickle-down economics to our people. We'll be able to gain generational wealth. So I'm not even – I don't even want anything from them except – it just bothers me when they act like it don't exist in general. Like, no, you just got to work harder. You know, I know that's BS because if I was in your position, I would do the same thing for my people. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not anything, it's not anything for me to, to, you know, get a handout from them or for them to, to admit it. I just would like to hear that personally. But my ultimate goal has and will always be for us to own businesses, hire our own people, and not have to go through them. So if we was able to do that, you know, and, you know, they could complain about that with us all day. Hey, your company 90% black. Yeah, it is. You know, yours is 90% white. So it, exactly. it kind of just is what it is. So all I really want from them is acknowledgement that it does exist, but I want us to realize as black people that we have our own destiny in our hands, and if we can control our own business, hire a majority of our own black people, then we won't have to really worry about their system. So that's that's my whole solution. Once again, it goes back to owning our business, strengthening our own community, hiring our own people, and building building that community up instead of tearing it down. But you have to realize the people that you you're going up against or people that have been doing this for centuries, they've been doing this for years. They're never going to acknowledge its existence, probably. They they barely acknowledge slavery was wrong. You know, they'll, they'll kind of just say, yeah, you know, that was what they did back then, you know, somewhat wrong, but I'm still proud to be, to be where I'm at. So, I mean, you can't acknowledge the treatment of blacks being killed, slaughtered, tortured, raped, and say that has no, no impact on the life that we live right now. That has a definite impact on every black person in society. You know, so that's that's just my whole thing. We just need to start understanding that the the even if you have a, a friend that that is a Caucasian, that's fine. That's understanding that's you know, that's cool. 
but you need to understand where that line is. And even though he's your friend or she's your friend, once it comes to choosing between you and her community, you're going to lose because it's going to always be about that community, which is what we need to start doing. We just have it in our heads. Like some of them are not like that. They won't go to that extent. But at the end of the day, probably about 95 to 96% of them will. So once again, build our businesses, build our community, strengthen, strengthen ourselves, spend our own black dollars, and we won't have to worry about anything that they do. And we'll be just fine, man. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts exactly. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to put it off as I want them. I mean, it would be if they want to give us the first shake, then that's fine. But we all know they won't. I'm not begging by any by any means. I'm just specifically stating that they know what they're doing and they know what they're not doing. So, and it's only going to change. And it's like you said, we go into business for ourselves. We give ourselves our own sense of pride, our own sense of economic base, cement our own feet. So in, in in the economic base, so we can have something to lead to our kids which is exactly why I'm planning our business. Me and my wife, we're planning our business right now, trying to get it off the ground. Um, I know you're planning your business. Um, We're trying to use this show, build up this show, trying to capitalize off this. Um, We got people like Sadie J, Despot Radio, Blog Talk Radio, doing his thing, trying to be a media mogul. Shout out to Sadie J, Despot Radio. Um, it's catching on. Like I go on social media every day, and I see black people trying to trying to sell something, trying to get their hustle on. You know, trying to be legit, trying to do other things other than sell drugs or or nonsense. So it's it's happening slowly, which is fine by me as long as it's happening. So black people are, and it's young black people too. It's not just old black people. It's young black people that are starting their businesses. So with this social media, people are selling online, making money every day, exchanging hands without even being in the same area as people. So we can do it, people. It's possible to start our own businesses and create pride, wealth, dignity for our own selves, and hopefully somebody just blows up and don't forget where they came from and, like you said, hire nothing but people of color, just like they hire nothing but white people. You know, and on that note, and on that note, we're gonna have to close out tonight's show. You know, please follow us on Twitter at True Colors Podcast. Follow me at Butterman23. Um, you can find us on, like us on Facebook. You can pull up the show on Facebook, iTunes, True Colors Podcast. Um, any thoughts you want to get out there? Yeah, I just want to kind of get to. Um... I just thought about this right now, you know, from what I was saying earlier. Next week, our episode is going to be, you know, when I was asking you the question about do people really think the government will do all this. Next week, I want to have an episode to where we just lay out different cases throughout the years to where governor, I mean, the government has some impact or some way changed the laws or had bad influence on our people. And, you know, after I guess they hear some of these cases, hopefully people will start realizing how far the government would go to to kind of hold us black people down, and I just want us want us all to you know continue educating ourselves and understand who your enemy is, and it ain't us people. 
right, then that's a wrap. True Colors Podcast. We'll see you next week, baby. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.